Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here we are. We are live. Hello, Facebook. Hello, all of, all of our uh, A Pod of Their Own listeners. Welcome to episode number 109 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Maggie Wiggin. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Maggie. We are also joined by two very special guests this week. Um, other than when we had the lovely folks from uh, IWBC on, I believe this is the first time ever that we've had multiple guests at once. And it's definitely the first time that we've had two guests together who have each been on the show separately from each other, each multiple times, in fact. So this is a very exciting episode for us. Uh, two friends of the pod here together talk about a very important baseball story that they collaborated on. Uh, Dr. Meredith Wills is here. She is an astrophysicist and baseball deconstructor extraordinaire, so to speak. Uh, she has been collecting and taking apart baseballs for many years now um, and generated the data that uh, Bradford reports in his Business Insider story. Um, Bradford William Davis is also here. Um, he is an investigative journalist with Business Insider and a podcaster at Baseball Prospectus. He reported on the data that Dr. Wills generated for the Business Insider article that we're going to talk about. And he also spoke with uh, Major League Baseball players, coaches, and executives for this incredible story that we're going to talk about. So welcome back to the pod. Both of you We're very excited to have you on today. Thanks. Yo, it's a pleasure to be back. Awesome. Uh, so we'll start things off with you, Meredith. Um, we had oh, you boy. on the show back in May of 2021, if you remember. And already then 
we knew something was up with the baseballs. <laughs> we well, you know, a little bit. <laughs> but well, I, even I didn't know how much was up then, frankly. <laughs> we knew it was something and that they uh-huh. were different from the 2020 balls in some way. And obviously you've been very busy since then. Um, obviously the uh, TLDR here is that it's right there in the title of Bradford's piece that MLB used two different baseballs in 2021. Um, but it isn't just that there were two different balls. It's that there were two different balls produced during two distinct time periods. Um, so can you elaborate on the process of gathering your data that uh, was in this story and And can you talk a little bit with our listeners about like reaching the conclusions that you did and whether, and like how surprised were you by them? Well, I, I have a feeling it it was May that we talked. Yeah. um, May 2021, I think. What I had probably found was when MLB told uh, Stephanie Epstein for the the article on the 2020 ball. Yeah. You know, we're only going to be using this new kind of baseball in 2021. I, suspect I had already found that wasn't the case, that they were also using the old, you know, specs for the baseball. But uh, yeah, so should I go straight to show and tell? Yeah. All right. So this is is a a baseball. This is another baseball. There are a lot of them around here, but I'm not going to, this is fine. So um, on the inside of every baseball, every major league baseball, I should say, that's made in Costa Rica, there is something called a batch code. And uh, that's actually a number. Uh, it translates to uh, some, it translates using a code that's called the black horse code. So you just take the word black horse and each letter corresponds to a number. You know, B is one, L is two, all the way to E is zero. So if we look at this, um, E-S-L-E-L-O-R. So that turns out to be zero nine two zero two seven eight yes i can convert in my head so the the 0920 is that it's september 2020 so this ball this ball was it's part of 2021 production was made september 20 in september 2020 this ball is the kind of specifications on the inside i should say like this is the part that we've been talking about the weight of this is basically the same as pretty much every ball I've looked at going back to like 2000. Uh, and when we've talked about baseballs before, this has been the standard. So this is not the ball that, that MLB said it was going to use. <laughs> this is the old kind of ball. They said it was only going to be the new kind. So exhibit B or Exhibit L, I suppose, if we're going for, that was exhibit B. This is exhibit L. The next will be exhibit A. Tell me you've got the joke, right? Okay. I got it. I got you. All right. So so this one, good. good. Everyone's wheels are turning. We're all catching up. I'm just writing it it down. Writing it all down. Yeah, I was going to say there will be a quiz. I actually promised someone there wouldn't be a quiz, but there may be a quiz. We'll find out. I don't have my decoder ring on, so I'm Yeah, awesome. I want a decoder ring. I totally want a decoder ring with a black horse coat. I feel like Etsy is going to take the care place of you on to that do one. this. Yes. Have Opening my calculator app. And... Yeah. This is a count ring though. This isn't like a proper decoder ring. I probably could talk to these people to do a decoder. That'd be awesome. So, um, so yeah. So next one, uh, E B L B L S E. So that is zero one, two, one, two, nine, zero. 
And so what that means is that it is January 2021. And in January 2021, these balls were actually the new kind of spec. Um, not the same as the new kind of spec balls that they made in 20. I mean, they're the same kind, but it's a different set. So a new, 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 new. So like this is this is 2021 new as opposed to 2020 new, whatever. So so we've already had the the, um, you know, old part one, then new. These are still 2021s. Now you guys can do this. Here's my pop quiz. This is part three because, you know, you, you need three acts. Is that how stories are supposed to go? Right. So um, who wants to decode that? Um, e. So that's zero. Oh, like, oh, I so backwards. wait, like so a, I, I, I just want to ask a question before sure. we start. Is Black Horse from one to nine and then zero? Yes. E okay. Zero. So give me one second. Oh, this oh, is yeah, I wrote right writing this down. Woo! All right. Way to go, Kellyanne. Cause I'm Kellyanne a nerd like that. It's, okay. Oh, so is it's, it July 21? So it's E-O-L-B-A-B-O? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm under pressure here. That's all under right. pressure. Okay, so I have zero seven two one three one seven. Yep. So yes! yeah, right. July twenty one, and um, the two one seven, excuse me, three one seven is um is the uh, what's called a production week, and you notice those those last three digits have been going up too because those correspond to roughly a week of production. You know, it's, it's give and take because of the way, particularly because of some of the the changes with uh, the head layoffs. They brought people back. But so this is July 2021, which is pretty recent. And in fact, the latest balls I found were from from uh, August of 2021. This one is back to the old baseball <laughs> version. So that's all 2021 production. Yeah. So we had like the old one and then the new one and then the old one. And if you read the SI article, that was the old one, then the new one, then the old one, except that was 2020. And I have other balls that were used for 2021 that are back over there, which I'm not gonna, three is plenty. But um, what we have is uh, balls that were used in 2021, but they're exactly the same, except that they're from 2020 instead of from 2021. So this is what I've been doing for most of this year, but Clearly, this is weird. This is not how it's supposed to go. Uh, and particularly the, the middle one there, the, the center was much lighter than anything we've seen before 2020. So um, That was the January one, right? Yeah, the January one was the lighter one. And, and there was a similar period in the middle of 2020 production, which was actually, I think, was September 2019 through January of 2020, where it was also lighter was this new ball. And that's the one that, that uh, MLB said, yeah, this is the ball that's going to be used in 2021. And, you know, the way that everything sounded was like, yeah, this is the only kind of ball that's going to be used in 2021. Not only did they not use them, they didn't even just make them. They made all three, or they made both kinds in that same weird back and forth and back thing. So those are the data. And I had a lot of data. For, for like four times as much as the next study kind of deal for the data for this season. And that's just regular season. I don't <laughs> even want to imagine what it's like in the playoff season when 
when chaos reigns to begin with. Actually, playoffs is tough because uh, it's just hard to get baseballs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very hard to get baseballs. I wonder why. It's always been hard. No, it's just. Yeah, no. Because you need them from on the field. So, yeah. And you need ones for sure that are postseason. So you know that they're postseason. But if you have them. Well, oh, yeah. No, no, please. If anybody's <laughs> got them. Send I, us. No. Oh, my God. That'd be huge. Yes. As we have said every time Meredith has been on the show, please send Meredith your balls. Uh-huh. Oh. But, um, I'm so impressed. Oh, yeah. I've never heard that joke. I mean, the two balls thing this time around, you can just imagine, right? No, I've heard that joke. I just am just a child. I'm not even... We're all... Have we ever not named the episode something ball-related? I mean, we're all five. It's it's right there. I mean, I got more balls than any man I know. Facts. (laughs) Sorry, it's really easy to get me to crack up. Just FYI. Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) <laughs> so Meredith, you were like digging up all this data and starting to, you know, I mean, dig into it, like literally in many cases, but so Bradford, can you talk about how you came to be aware of the data and kind of the process of uh, working with Meredith to report it? Um, I imagine you knew this was going to be a pretty big story. Yeah. You know, it, I knew it was important. i I'm not, I'm not, I'm never entirely sure of what the reception will be. And so that's a, I'd say I kind of like thought as I was reporting and writing this, um, I'm really grateful that I have a, an outlet that, you know, an insider that gave me a lot of time to just kind of like think about this and, and chip away and chip away and travel a decent bit to embed myself with players who end up speaking to me about this. Um, I was in Boston a lot for the playoffs not discussing playoff stuff at all, <laughs> but like just discussing various conspiracies and just, you know, seeing if uh, the players look at me, like I have a tinfoil cap on or two heads or, you know, um, That's and, um yeah, <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, I, it, um, I, I'm grateful for, you know, shout out to John Cook, my editor who like, um, you know, is admittedly not a sports fan, but just kind of like trusted that I was onto something. <laughs> and, um, uh, and yeah, and so, um, like I, um, I came aware, I became aware of this data, frankly, just through my strong relationship with, with, uh, with Meredith, Dr. Wills. Um, we, uh, I reached out back in like late 2019, let's say just, just, just to, you know, just to hear her take on, on all this ball stuff as it was, you know, um, as it just continued to become a storyline. Um, I had, uh, I end up writing, you know, a piece I'm pretty proud of back in 2020 about her saber award-winning research um that she just you know that that just uh uh debuted i guess maybe a month or so before you know or not i shouldn't say debuted rather but rather she just she did another presentation um building on top of that um earlier uh earlier that year at the saber saber analytics conference um which was like a covid stricken conference <laughs> it was really uh you know weird weird time but you know as I was, as i'm looking for stuff to write about because there's no baseball like you know let's talk about baseball um literally and um you know um and i was aware of what she was working on with sports illustrated you know because i because i knew she was she was actually looking for a place to publish the research and so i, I connected her with staff who i you know really admire and trust um and i just told her hey Meredith, if there's ever a time you want to work with me like on more more things please let me know and so uh she uh absolutely absolutely did <laughs> uh i have uh, there are very few people 
this year, in the last, let's say, 21 months that I've spoken to more than Meredith, like very few, like, <laughs> um, you know, um, Bradford is literally yeah, like, you know, those, those pinned, uh, things that you have in your text. I've only yeah. got like three of them and Bradford's one and my dad's right next to him. <laughs> wow. I didn't Sorry, even know that. Just, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That explains why you respond to my text so quickly. <laughs> So since like quarantine, let's say, right. We, you know, we just been talking, talking a lot, a lot about the stuff and started talking even more as she, you know, um, like uh, more intentionally, I should say, as she began um, like, you know, building on top of the whole, you know, two baseball hypothesis and, uh, and collecting the data and, kept, and just kept on finding uh, distinctly different weights in the two balls um, in, in, you know, in the baseballs uh, and uh, identified not just as, as she as she just presented, you know, not just by the weights, but by the batch codes, showing that it could not be random chance happening, but that it was a uh, systematic and intentional sort of uh, creation of two different baseballs designed to perform two, in two different ways. And so, um, yeah, um, when, you know, when I had the data in hand, like I just started uh, making a point of going to games as frequently as I could to talk to people. I'm very fortunate that, like, I can, you know. You know, I live in New York, so I have like there's basically always a team playing. You know, either the Yankees and Mets. Um, so I just you know you know walk on over to Yankee to Yankee Stadium, City Field, and um, using the more limited. You know, another thing that was actually very important for this is that back in 2020 there was you know no media access outside of the Zoom. But during the 2021 season, they eventually opened it up to vaccinated people as long as you're outside. You know, in the uh, um, in either dugout or, or field uh, while they were warming up, you know, for the, for the game ahead of them. Um, uh, and so I was able to just kind of like grab people and just be like, Hey, you know, you know, this is something I'm working on. This is what I'm doing now. I used, as, as some of you may know, I used to be work, for, I used to be a columnist for New York daily news. Um, I'm not anymore. You know, I do know these, these long tail investigative projects and everything. And, um, and so I was just letting the players know, I got to reintroduce myself like, yo, um, I don't have to like, spin 600 words about like a platoon advantage or something anymore. You know, I don't have to, you know, bang you for, I don't know, uh, striking out with runners in second and third, like this, that's not my job right now. Like, <laughs> you know, it's this. And so just kind of reacclimating, building trust and like, but, you know, but I want to, I hope to just make the game better through, you know, um, do writing this way about, you know, about, uh, things I'm seeing and, and things I'm hearing. And so here's something I'm hearing. And so just kind of like walking through that eventually Meredith had, had uh, started supplying me with, with, with uh, data visualizations that she was, you know, she was drawing up to uh, quickly explain some concepts and people were, you know, were, were uh, resonated very quickly. Um, I think that's one of the most important things to understand is that like, you know, um, uh, players were not surprised. Like if I could use like two words to describe, like, like to summarize every single response I got was not surprised. Like, and so, we're um, gonna say Pete Alonso. Oh, right. Right. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Well, we, trust we, we, me. Yeah. We, we should, yeah. we should definitely oh, sure should talk will. about Pete. Um, yeah. but, um, given being, being, uh, this, this podcast, but yeah, but no, but no, um, yeah, I, re I reached out to a lot of folks, you know, um, you know, home team and visiting folks and, you know, and then players I already had a relationship with and, uh, just kind of like come on showing the data and, Asking, hey, if you if you know anything, if you see anything, like please let me know. And if you want to be part of this, let me know as well. And so a lot of people were very motivated to speak, um, as you saw. Like DJ LeMayhew, for those who do not 
who aren't familiar with DJ LeMayhew, sort of at least the personality he, you know, presents himself as to the, to the public, he's very reserved. He's very, you know, um, the Yankee second baseman is like, you know, he, he's, they, they call him Le Machine, you know, in part because I think uh, LeMayhew like literally translates to like the machine. Um, but, uh, but also because he's just uh, very robotic and surprise. And uh, so like, I, I was actually not expecting him to want to talk, but he's, you know, but he was, uh, but even though he's not a talker, he like, you know, we, we linked up <laughs> during the off season to like talk, chat in the phone about baseball stuff. So like, you know, I mean, that was uh, a strong sign that like, if like a guy like him wants to, wants to like be on the record about this, like how much more like, you know, um, will, will this resonate once it's out there, you know? And so, um, yeah, that is, uh, that is more or less a process. And we, you know, I, I just started, you know, writing the, the dang thing, um, editing, checking with Mara to make sure that I was representing the signs correctly, you know, making sure that uh, everything was conveyed in a way that was both accurate, but also like easy to understand for, you know, for people who are not um, deeply vested in the subject going into it, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, and that's, 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 that's how the story came to be. People who don't take out their protractors and like roll baseballs down ramps. <laughs> right, like... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of my job. I have never done that. I have slid <laughs> covers down ramps, but I have never rolled a baseball on anything. That's not the best way to grab data. Sorry. Depends on the data, I guess. <laughs> what if you yeah. know how fast it rolls down a ramp? That would um, kind of be actually, yeah. I, I was thinking about, you know, because because people occasionally people be like you know rolling out or whatever they're, they're, that that'll be like the you know the pun intended and it did occur to me that there is one ball the 2019 um actually it's chris townsend with a's cast pointed this out and he's absolutely right which is if you have a set of balls and like there are a couple 2019s the easiest way to tell is those are the ones that immediately roll off the table because the seams are so flat they're just gone yeah. Everything else will eventually like stop rolling away. Not the 2019. Gone. Off the table. Doesn't matter if they're if it's not totally level. And yeah. So it's like if you're gonna lose it, it's probably 2019. But that's <laughs> the actually, closest I know to a roll test. And actually, that's a nice segue to my next question. So can you talk a little bit more about the actual impacts this variance in the weight of the center of the ball has on performance? Uh, Bradford mentions Joey Votto's home run streak in the article as one example of this playing out very obviously on the field. And the article also goes into detail about how performance issues have come into play in other sports, such as Deflategate in the NFL. I remember that one well. Um, One player even went so far as to weigh some baseballs himself to replicate your findings. So how does this variation in the actual equipment being used impact the integrity of the game? It's a long question. Uh, That's a long question, sir. Do you need me to repeat any of it? Let me know. No, it's okay. uh, I'll try to keep the answer shorter than the question, but that's going to be tough. (laughs) Because um, the, the short answer is for the new ball, it's not really well known. What MLB said the performance was going to be is not really what happened. I mean, in fact, it's almost exactly what didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole point of that that lighter center, the balls aren't aren't necessarily smaller. They're lighter, and the reason because the reason that's the case is because the very inner layer. I know what I should have grabbed. I have these great cross-section balls. They're across the room uh, or in the other room. 
but if the, the very center layer, they wound more loosely for the new ball. So it's less dense. And by virtue of it being less dense, it means that when it hits the bat, it basically squishes a bit more. Uh, so it doesn't come off the bat as fast. Uh, the, the analogy I keep using is the, think of a basketball, then slightly underinflate the basketball. It's not going to bounce as high when it's underinflated. So it becomes the equivalent of that. Right. The problem is that when they tested that, they only did it in a lab. And like the athletic even asked about this and they said, yeah, no, we, we only tested it in the lab and they didn't actually test it in game or real world conditions. So uh, as a result, whose hair frizzes in the summertime? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Somebody I have frizzes. like- my, Mine doesn't, hair. mine just goes flat. Mine, mine frizzes all the time. There you go. I'm actually so, having so, trouble with it during this live stream. <laughs> so, um, but so your hair, it gets frizzier when it's more humid, right? Hair tends to respond to humidity, really it gets does. frizzier. Yep. So uh, wool is pretty much the same way. And inside, under those conditions, very likely have been a more humid environment. Once you get outside in the summertime, most places the humidity is going to be lower. And it turns out when you lower the humidity, the wool defrizzes, as it were. And then suddenly that bit that's like been able to stay less dense because it's frizzier is no longer frizzy enough and it squishes down. Mm. And so then your less dense thing that doesn't bounce as hard is suddenly back to the same. It's a little bit like making the basketball suddenly smaller enough so that the air now fits the same. And so now what you have is you have a ball that's coming off the bat just as hard, except on top of that, because it didn't weigh as much to begin with, it's easier to hit hard. So instead of lowering the exit velocity, it looks like they, it went up. Now, on top of that, though, they never tested drag at all. So drag also looks like it went up, which means once, depending on how fast it comes off, it should actually slow down in the air more quickly. But by virtue of coming off the bat so fast, it doesn't seem to matter. You know, it still was, we were still getting, we got almost as many home runs, very close to as many home runs as in 2017, which was still an outrageously large amount. It's just 2019 was off the charts. Um, but that being said, you know, by the time you talk about the humidity and the, I mean, it's going to vary park to park, it's going to vary Based on the time of year, parks that have humidors versus parks that don't have humidors. So, you know, that's kind of the deal. But to say we know exactly how the new ball performs, it's it seems much more prone to inconsistency than the old one, which also it should be pointed out that the goal of the new ball in their statement was to make a more consistent baseball. So just almost Alas. every single thing in that state was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. just all of it. Not good. Alas. <laughs> Only Alas. because professionals at MLB who were familiar with baseballs and how they work. <laughs> well, actually, the people who are familiar with baseballs don't, they, they've worked for Rawlings historically as opposed to for MLB. MLB's only owned Rawlings for a few years. So, you know, that's actually something that needs to be considered is if you have people who work for MLB who are making decisions about baseballs, maybe they should rethink that. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So going back to the uh, reception on the part of uh, players and coaches, Bradford, we alluded to this a little bit, um, but there are a ton of great quotes in this piece um, from players who clearly notice the difference in the baseballs, like we've been saying, and coaches and executives as well. And the general theme, in addition to not surprised, which I think is, yeah, the best summation of it, is it ranges on the, the most positive end. You could put it as probably like neutral as in like, well, we just go out and play and the baseballs are what they are to being uh, varying levels of displeased with the league about this. Um, So can you just like talk a little bit more about in a general sense about how baseball folks are reacting both like the reactions that you got for the piece, but since the piece has come out, um, have there been like additional reactions from not just baseball media, obviously it's like a separate thing, but like other players and coaches and executives and things like that. Like how is the baseball world sort of reacting to this? Well, interesting thing is that you you mentioned baseball media, but like the only baseball media that's really picked up on it for the most part is like independent baseball media, like, you know, like, like fan base stuff. Um, ESPN, the athletic, uh, you know, the sizable times and WAPO sports sections. Uh, I don't know. You name it, basically. They, you know, they have not covered it. Um, times of London under times of times of England yeah. <laughs> covered it. The Times of New York is not with um, a picture I, of Meredith's <laughs> face on the front of it. <laughs> um, so we're international, um, but uh, but Prophet has no no uh, no honor in his own home. Uh, so uh, anyway. Uh, as far as player reaction, um, I've de- I'm like, you know, we're actually making a running count of like who has interacted, at least in social media on some level, you know, with, with this stuff, current and former. And like, it's about, you know, uh, and then like when, when you combine with the folks who spoke to me for the article, it's like a couple dozen strong at this point, you know, um, uh, to make a quick Mets tie, Trevor May um, pointed it out. Uh, publicly on social media that like, we'll you know, be on this Amazing is... Avenue, the show this week. So tune into that. By the way, yeah. Brian, that's oh, cool. awesome. Oh, good. Nice. good. Yeah. Brian and Chris are um, going to interview Trevor May this week. So check that out. You guys, it's coming. Yes. Very nice. But um, you know, uh, Marcus Stroman uh, reacted to some, some, some comments, commentary on that um, as he reacts to everything. I was going to uh, say Marcus Stroman, <laughs> but, yeah. a reaction. No, <laughs> uh, not on, not, not, not on Twitter. Never. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Stroman. Twitter. Twitter. Mark, Twitter.com. Yeah, Marcus Stroman posting. Never. I get it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, just off the dome, like, you know, so, some of the folks who have, uh, you know, um, Mitch, uh, I don't want to say Mitch Garver of the Minnesota Twins, 
uh, Chris Bassett wondered, wondered aloud if uh, the um, ball that uh, hit his face was 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 kind of like morbidly joking. Was it juiced or not? Like I don't know. Actually, anymore. if that ball, if somebody has that ball, I can probably find out yeah. without taking it apart. So Mer- hold mean, on, Meredith. Would you rather be hit in the face with the squishy ball or the other one? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying like you personally, but like like medically speaking, which is the preferred medically ball? Medically speaking, um, where was he? He was hit in Oakland, right? It was it was at home, correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay, no, then you definitely yeah. want the old ball. Okay. It's too dry there. Yeah, I, I've been there. It's, no, seriously, it's it's actually no, no, this, drier this in summer. I want to know. Someone asked Kevin right Pillar this question too. Right. <laughs> Get Kevin Pillar's take. All right. Yeah. Speaking of more more mats. Um. So yeah. Uh. There's uh. You know. Uh. My. I. I was. You know. Talking to, to a few people. You know. Who were present. Like over at the. Um, you know, uh, during the sort of the last hours of negotiating oh, over in the Dallas, like Fort Worth area, which is where, you know, MLB and the players union were, you know, were talking. And so like, you know, some of those guys, include dudes like Andrew Miller, who's in the piece, you know, and, and a very prominent union guy, Sean Doolittle, again, in the piece, you know, prominent, prominent union backer. Um, and they were like saying that, like, as it's kind of like spread around, like he, that people were quite animated, you know, uh, in their um, feelings about, you know, what was happening with this, uh, with, baseballs plural um so uh yeah they're you know they're they're i think everyone's is at some level of like confused and flummoxed to angered and radicalized and uh they're you know um but no one is uh truly surprised that's been the again the the the, the, the uh, resounding uh, reply to to whenever i i hear people talk about this about this information so we'll dip a toe into radicalize just for one second and talk about Pete Alonso since this is a Mets podcast. <laughs> um, also, it's Pete Alonso's birthday. So happy birthday, Woo! Pete. Alonso. That's true. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, yes. Pete. Yeah. Oh, man, I should have worn my Pete shirt today. Yeah, I was going to say, no. Pete, so for your birthday, we we found out that that you like you were onto something. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. Happy birthday. Exactly. So at the time, so Pete Alonso, so this is for, for folks who don't, either don't didn't know about this or don't remember, this was shortly after we had Meredith on the podcast last time. So we had Meredith on the podcast in like May of 2021. And then Pete Alonso said this, I think it was like June or July. It was during the summer. Um, Pete Alonso said, basically insinuated that MLB itself is manipulating the ball based on free agent class. Um, and a lot at, at the time, like, you know, a lot of people rolled their eyes at this and obviously based on the data that's in the piece and the data that Meredith has and data that we have, we can't prove or disprove MLB, like putting its thumb on the scale or not, or doing anything on purpose, but there is a lot of varying conspiracy theories out there. Like Bradford elaborated in the piece that like one player speculated that, Oh, maybe they're giving all the juiced baseballs to the marquee matchups like the like the Yankees and Red Sox and stuff like that. And then Pete Alonzo last summer said like, oh, they're manipulating the ball based on free agent class. And at, at the time, everyone was kind of like, whoa, Tiger, <laughs> like chill out. And now it's kind of like it, it doesn't prove or disprove anything, but it just makes it, him seem a little less insane, I guess, is, lo- is the way you could put it. So That's I don't exactly know if you guys have it. thoughts about that or like, yeah. is Pete Alonso vindicated? Like, what, what's I, that? I, I don't I don't think Pete Alonso is correct in the specifics, but I don't think, you know, but I don't think that I think that this article proves that he's not like he's not tripping. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. right. Which was a, which was like the, the the initial sort of you know sentiment. And it was like, oh, Pete's bugging. You know, this like <laughs> big man child. You know, all he knows how to do is hit baseballs, and that's nothing else. But like, I think it's important to remember that even though players are definitely conspiracy theorists, like a lot of them, you know, like they're, they're very superstitious and stuff like that. They are truly the experts on this because they use the baseball, you know, far more than any of us here, even, even Meredith, like, you know, use it like they, you know, they are intimately familiar with, with what, you know, uh, uh, should go out the park and what should fly, you know, what, what should follow the warning track. Um, they know this stuff. And so, and they have been the ones sounding, sounding the alarm that ball, the balls are different, you know? Um, Actually, one thing though, uh, there is the balls are different thing, but on top of that, because I've, I've gotten any any number of people with the feedback of, oh, yeah, the pitch, you know, what do you mean the pitchers? Of course, the pitchers could tell them apart. It's like, well, actually, no, that's the point. The pitchers couldn't tell them apart with the covers on if you're just holding the ball. Because remember I said about the size thing, that they're pretty mm-hmm. much the same size. Um, you know, the weights are, I mean, I, I hate to say, it, you know, when they say within spec, all these balls are, quote, within spec. None of them violate the official rules that are list that are literally you know rule Mm 3.01 and anybody who's played baseball for any amount of time they feel like normal baseballs i mean i think i grabbed two and i think one is the old ball and one is the new ball but like now that i've got them over here i can't tell which is which and i I didn't talk to a single player who would have said oh yeah you know when i pick these up i can tell this one is this and this one's that you know, 2019, that, you could that's tell. That's from the seams, right? But, that's, to, but, oh, yeah. but to, cl- to, cl- to clarify, really to clarify what Only I was saying, Only for 2019, though, sorry. To clarify what I was saying, it's not, it, I'm not discussing uh, feel per se, though that was true at one point about feel, but about like but, but, but about performance. Right. You know, and, and like, you know, and what happens off the crack of the bat, like, you know, oh, that sounds like a no doubt, you know, extra, you oh, know, yeah. extra base hitter or home run or whatever. And then that one seems like a lazy fly ball. I think it's Verlander that's quoted in the piece, right? It's in the piece that's like, I know what a home run looks like. And all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. like, I turn around I know, and yeah. I'm like, there's no I know, way. I, know, I think he said, I know, I know what it sounds like. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, 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 like but, 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 but just, but I, I only say that not to correct, but just to, just to show like how intimately they, they like, you know, and intuitively they understand this stuff, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so back to like, you know, to, to, to Pete and everything and, and some of the, the theories being floated, like, Again, I don't think that major personally, right? But though I again, I have no evidence to prove or disprove it. But I, I know I don't think that Major League Baseball, you know, uh, use a uh, a deader ball to suppress uh, an offense, you know, a offense heavy free agency class, you know, um, or or is he, or you're using a rocket ball to, uh, you know, to to hurt a pitching heavy free agency class, something like that. I don't think they're doing that, but the, the, the joy and intrigue of the of this, of this, uh, of the research and the study is that who knows, maybe they will, maybe they might one day, <laughs> like they, they have the ability, they clearly have, have the, they have the legal ability and they have the lack of scruples with which to like, you know, to create multiple baseballs that perform, that they intend to perform different ways and do perform different ways. Like, what you know why why not you know try and you know and and deaden the ball you know um for you know i don't know carlos correa's like you know team or something like that you know when he's about to hit free agency just hypothetically like like 
I mean, well, I mean there's a million reasons why not but but again this story is like this story is dumb it's stupid it's crazy you know like um it, you know and so what, what's to say things things can't get nuttier you know um <laughs> depending on what what more information comes out from this so um and I'll, I'll close on this on this question with this that uh Derek Alvin, uh, who is a contributor to Baseball Prospectus, writer, you know, and, and a friend of mine, but also, uh, you know, he blogs at the Views for uh, Views from Three Fourteen Yankees blog. He uh, used uh, Statcast data to try and assess whether or not the Yankees were impacted by the whole two-ball setup, and what he found was that uh, when controlling for quality of contact. Uh, the Yankees got much, you know, the, uh, well-hit balls essentially were, 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 you know, traveled farther on the road than at home, um, leading him to to speculate that perhaps the Yankees Yankees received a disproportionate amount of whichever ball was deader. That was a, you know, and that was a very, that was a pretty interesting. Again, just one data point, you know, one more like, you know, um, push pin on the uh giant conspiracy wall that, from like you know charlie if it's all, all of a sudden in philadelphia yeah you know yeah. one more news news clipping you know where we're yeah, right exactly <laughs> i'm glad this is a visual podcast yeah, so no, no, watching we, this yeah. kind of like you know can, can see our, our hand gestures you know um yeah but you know but one, one more way to look like john nash in, in a beautiful mind but um <laughs> but like you know um a little but, but but it's but i, I found I, I find it intriguing you know um and uh and i, and I think frankly i think a lot a lot of a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of team bloggers and writers, like, you know, or sure, beat writers and columnists, if you want to, it's all public, 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 public information. You, you should try and run a similar study and see, and see if there's any, see if you see any discrepancy in the team you cover. Um, it, you know, it, and, and, and maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but I think it'd be interesting to find out. Well, there, there's also, and I mean, it certainly comes up in the article, but uh I, one of the things that's a real problem is, you know, MLB uses, you know, Historically, it's been like 900,000 balls in a season. So, you know, I had 169 that got published there. Uh, I can't disprove that. I, I literally, I, you know, no, nah, there's, 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 you know, by the time, uh, you know, what you've got 2,430 games in a season, uh, you know, 169 is, isn't even like 10%, 10% of that per game. Like I have less than one ball per game. So even though, you know, I hit got stuff from like half the parks in major league baseball, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to have anything that's like that representative, not to mention over six months. Yeah. You know, I can't, I, there's no way, like we basically have Rawlings has to be able to tell us. And, and as of the winter of 2019, they made it clear that, yeah, they were going to be tracking baseballs all the way to where they ended up. So they they have, like, promised that they know where those balls are going. You know, it, it's – it's they need to, to come clean on this one way or another because it's just – the only way it's going to stop the conspiracy theories, frankly, is for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, I mean – if you guys remember my previous work, like I'm not sure if MLB realizes that I have basically come down on the non-conspiracy theory side for like pretty much everything before they started doing the two baseballs. You know, I had a good reason for the 2017 home run search. I had a good reason for the 2019 home run search. I even had a good reason for that stupid 2019 using two baseballs in the postseason. 
None of them were ideal, but they were all explicable. This is not explicable. I, I got nothing. And so this is actually like, this is just what I wanted to get into next, which is that MLB said that, you know, yes, all this data is true, um, but that, you know, they, they were going to be using the new baseball design, but then because of the pandemic, they didn't have enough of the new baseballs. Um, so that's why they ended up using the older ones. Um, so why do we, can you explain to our lovely viewers why um, that just doesn't hold together? Well, first of all, it's probably the most relatable uh, the commissioner's office has been ever, like blaming the pandemic on, you know, <laughs> not doing something. I guess that's what I, what I do. Like, I want to hang out. Oh, sorry, man. It's, you know, COVID, can't. The Omicron, Zeta, you know, like, I, who knows, you know, um, when I just kind of don't want to hang out. I've gone through the entire <laughs> so, Greek alphabet worth of reasons why we can't hang so, out. Um, I had a rapid you know, test that day, so. Yeah. I was exposed. <laughs> I can't be around you. I'm in quarantine. Sorry. Yeah. My rapid test, like, the, the results went in spam. I can't find, I don't know. I just don't know. It's inconclusive, you know? Um, so anyway, no. All I'll say is props to Rob Manfred for uh, for being relatable. Um, <laughs> one time in um, his life. For once. Just once. But yo, um, as far as the COVID-19 pan- pandemic stuff, um, I think that this is this is my, uh, this is like ha- half, half my speculation, but half some informed reason for this, right? Um, I happen to believe, or I should, I should say, it doesn't square up with some of the with the uh, particularly with the baseballs that Meredith found produced using the old style that they strongly indicated they were moving away from before the season began, and then you know seemed to indicate even in a statement to me that they were you know that they wanted to use but just couldn't because of COVID. They were still making that old design as recently as August of 2021. That's well into the pandemic. The black horse. For all we know, Omicron might have been around (laughs) in August. You know, like, um, so like, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that, that immediately, if I I, I had to give a simple explanation as to why I don't believe that, that you pass the muster, like, it's that, is that they produced the old baseball as recently as August of this year. So, you know, however, three months before they sent that, that statement to me, basically, you know. Um, well, not only so that, they didn't just yeah. produce it. They used balls that yes. were made after that statement. Yes, and used. They exactly. showed up in season. Mm-hmm. In Frankly, season, these so. are some of the latest I've seen, quite honestly, for in season. It was kind of surprising. So on that, just just there alone, like, it's just like, okay, that that does not sufficiently explain, you know, the pandemic does not sufficiently explain what, you know, uh, the whole two baseball phenomena, uh, some, you know, um, but then, um, and so for that reason, I kind of think that they just kind of floated it because it's plausible if you're not like paying super close attention, you know, to, to the data. Um, you know, again, everyone's blaming r- random supply issues on the pandemic right now. It's like a headline every day is a supply chain, supply chain, you know? So um, that is my, Can't you know. cream so, um, cheese my bagel, supply yeah. chain. You're right. It, right. Seriously. I just, <laughs> like I just literally, yes. I'm not ready to have this conversation. Like this is, this is hitting real close to home. Um, <laughs> cream cheese, it hurts. So that, hurts. so, um, so that that's, there's uh, no cottage cheese at the stores here? Yeah. Maybe? Apparently. So the, so the, so Dr. Wills' research directly contradicts the statement, you know, in some ways, and that, which leads me to think that that is just a, plausible explanation if you're not paying attention but it's impossible if you actually know 
anything. <laughs> about, well, about, not not about to mention the fact that that you know if the excuse is COVID for them using the two baseballs, well, yeah, that's fine. So why did you make two for 2021? Because if there had been no supply chain issue, you still would have had two baseballs, even right. if we had like all of the 2020 new balls and all the 2021 new balls. That's still less than a season's worth of baseballs. It's so yeah, because it's not like they ran out of baseballs and were like, "Oh shit, let me go up into the attic and find our old baseballs." Oh, here we are. But that is what so the league said. Like they went out to I mean, the baseball store. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, and they did use a lot of twenty twenties, like the almost the yeah. entire first half. Um, you know, so. I don't think the supply chain. I, I, let's. How would I put this? I think there may have actually been a supply chain problem, just not the one they're talking about. Because if you look at like, you know, when, when I, you know, when the baseballs were used, because like I've got two calendars, I basically got like, here's when they were made. And I've also got, here's when they were used. And so for the ones that were used, the first half, like before the all-star break is almost all balls that were made for the 2020 season. I have some for 2021, but they don't show up until, you know, like that. Well, of course, they had extra basically September balls yeah. because they only it's played short season. Well, and they, they had a lot of leftovers, but like, so this one, for instance, is September of 2020. Um, I, up until like, you know, the all-star break, this was like the latest I found. And I, I was convinced for a while, it's like, maybe they just didn't make them because of something like COVID. Maybe the factory was shut down. I was hearing totally different stuff. But then suddenly in July, I start seeing balls from after September. And they, as far as I can tell, they ship stuff from Costa Rica up to St. Louis in two big shipments. And so it looks like the second one must have just been delayed. I mean, like there were no, for instance, there were no opening day balls. Nothing was stamped 2021 opening day. And I know because I looked and that may very well have been that they didn't know when they were going to get the rest of the baseballs. And so, yeah, they very likely did use up the 2020s, but even if they hadn't, they still would have had two baseballs. There just would have been more 2021s interspersed early on. So it's, it's a lame excuse because it still doesn't fit production. It also, by the way, means like, close to half of the 2021s are still sitting in inventory. Oh, gee, I wonder what they're going to do with those. Three baseballs in 2022. Just add another baseball <laughs> if every we're not year. In or on strike. they could just do the same production calendar they did for 2020 and 2021, which is old ball, new ball, old ball. In fact, even like when the article came out, we should, if they did the same calendar, they would have been all the way through first part of the old ball and a couple months into the new ball. So maybe they're scrambling at Rawlings to switch back. I don't know. Maybe they're just continuing the new ball. Maybe they're just going to do what they did the whole time because nobody's going to be able to tell until I start taking the baseballs apart, by which time it will be way too late. Oh, boy. So this question is for both of you. So Bradford, your piece was published about a week ago on November 30th. And two days later, MLB implemented a lockout. Goody. Um, that represents the ninth work stoppage in MLB history. And that lockout is unfortunately ongoing and has widespread effects on the game, even if the league owners and the players come to an agreement prior to the start of the season. 
How do you guys think this information about the baseballs will or will not factor into labor negotiations this winter? And Bradford, I know you had mentioned it earlier on about the negotiations. So I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's like two levels to this. One is that what's been communicated to me is that the absolute first order order concern from the union side, right? Um, which is probably true of, of like the you know the owner ownership in the commissioner's office as well, right? Um, is like explicit, um, unavoidable, just like pure black and white or black and red, you know, economic, you know, concerns, right? Um, so like just making you know better better more equitable accounting of like how money flows in the league, um, and so it's everything from like service time and issues and manipulation, which is why they're, you know, proposing these like hard for agency cutoffs or, and, and, you know, um, are, you know, hard service on cutoffs before you're able to enter free agency um, age-based rather than, you know, than season-based because that's exploitable. Um, uh, all the, you know, um, you know, just discussing reworking arbitration and, you know, and all, all sorts of, all sorts of things that help um, younger players, you know, you know, um, receive salaries that are commensurate with the production that they that they're you know that they're giving to their teams you know or at least something closer to, to commensurate um that has been you know that ten, that has been from my understanding the, first, the absolute first order concern you know um people are really upset about the baseball but it's not like a formal negotiation point you know based on everything i've i've heard and discussed in players as we spoken to you know um however um it is not hard to look and see, and see areas, you know, uh, see reasons why that could change in your future. Um, just look, let's think domestically, right? The NBA back in 2006, uh, their, their, their basketball manufacturer at the time, Spalding, went from a organic basketball to a synthetic one, like as far as the materials. They had very little player input, the league was Spalding, you know, on, on the – uh, quality of these new balls. I think they just can't give a few out during the all-star break from the previous season, but earlier that year, I guess in 2006. Um, and then it just ran in and just kind of, you know, shifted in these new balls and that was it. Um, everyone hated it. If you were around or you were a basketball fan at the time or, or read the article, like, which I, I, I cite this as an example, everyone hated it. People were, were furious. Mark Cuban, you know, from Shark Take fame, but also the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, he commissioned a study to try and understand how this new basketball, this new Spalding ball was affecting things. That so he were, all, were constantly complaining about the grip and the shot being off and slippery, just ugly basketball turnovers, whatever. Um, they uh, eventually got so bad that uh, they, that the NBPA that, you know, that's the best uh, NBA's uh, players union. They filed a grievance with um, the national labor review board, uh, the NRB about the uh the way that this new ball switch was implemented and and before the next year's all-star break that you know uh those new basketballs were gone and they went back to the old you know spalding it left such a scar in the nba um and then and the players that um when the nba nba switched their manufacturer from spalding to wilson this season going into this season players were immediately reacting to it like, I think KD, like, responded, uh, KD being Kevin Durant, right, responded uh, to uh, someone's, like, uh, social media announcement, some reported social media announcement, was like, well, hell no, nah. like, you know, 
that was, and he wasn't even in the league in 2006. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, I think so. He was, he was like, like in high school or college or something like that, you know? So um, the fact that even, you know, that uh, they left such a scar back then that, you know, um, that players are already preemptively complaining about it, um, you know, kind of shows how, how big a deal it was. And then even this season, with this new ball that has received a lot more input from the players this year, because the NBA didn't want to repeat the same mistakes as they've made the switch. Um, like uh, that, you know, players are still complaining about it because uh, they feel like they're shot, you know, just like there's something slightly off about this new basketball that makes her, you know, that makes her shot, you know, at the very least in the Jesse period, but, you know, but a worse, but, you know, a, 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 a unavoidable difference in touch, you know, with the ball they've been using all their life is or then all, all the professional life anyway, you know, um, that's leading to their shots being off. And we're seeing that at least as few as recently as a few weeks ago, statistically three point percentage in the NBA is way down um, for the first time in years. Cause like, you know, the same way, like in major in MLB, everyone is focusing on exit velocity and launch angle to optimize, like, you know, um, big, you know, big innings and, in, in, you know, and scoring as much as possible in bunches. Uh, NBA is doing the same thing with their three-point revolution. Everyone's trying to be, you know, do what Steph Curry and, and the Warriors do, you know, and shoot, you know, shoot from the outside. Um, so like, so, so they become more and more efficient and pretty much everyone in the league for like years. And then five, this year it's a drop. That's really weird. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, Paul George, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, all huge perennial all-stars, all, all of them going to hall of fame one day. Like they're all saying like, yeah, um, we have problems with this new ball. So that's happening right now, like literally right now in the NBA it, with, with way more transparency than MLB, you know, the MLB is given for with this two baseball situation. Um, then go over across, across the pond to, you know, to Japan, the, uh, you know, they're, they're top professional league, the NBB. But about 10 years ago, they had a similar 2013. Sort of, so yeah. 2013. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. So yeah. Um, they had a similar controversy as well, where like, you know, where I, their manufacturer changed how the ball worked. Um, and, uh, it led to like a home run explosion in IPB. Um, and the players were so upset with the lack of heads up about this, <laughs> about this process change of the ball that they like, you know, that the union, like, you know, basically we're we're at the commissioner's neck you know publicly and privately about this and it led to the to the commissioner of npb resigning um and in disgrace so that happened in japan you know like like resigning in disgrace right yeah Oof. both these things happen in you know in, in living memory we're all alive <laughs> all alive for this you know um we can live to see the day. It's, not, it's not even like an only 90s kids remember this like you know like, <laughs> like we're, we're all you know um for the, for the millennials in the house but like yeah, that's uh, it, it's a you know, this is uh, these are recent sort of uh, ball issues that created labor crises. So crises. Um, so I uh, so it would not surprise me if there can if if more research can come out of an explicit economic tie. I think likely that would lead to like you know it, it would mean to some sort of information about uh, a intent or actual distribution of intent to or actual distribution of different of like a different you know baseballs in different places based on different times or whatever we, you know like something beyond just you know pure 50 50 split for everybody like i think that could create problems that would lead you know people some people to feel like they were screwed and rightfully so um and so uh that is uh you know that that's my opinion based on you know, on what i've spoken to and and just seeing 
you know, precedent around the league. I mean, in other domestic leagues and around the world. So. I also think just like trust is so low with between the players in the league right now that like, even if, even if the players are not taking this to the table as like an issue, because there's no proof of, of the conspiracy theories, like you said, Bradford, that I think if like Pete Alonso's theory or someone else's theory was proven to be true, then then that would become a huge labor problem. Um, but even if they're not bringing it to the table as an explicit issue, I think that it just like exacerbates like existing tensions like in a, in, in a more intangible Absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah, Allison, and 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 it and it also uh, opens up the potential for potential conspiracy like that. You know, if you know, if you're able if you're able to do it, what if someone does it? You know, even if it's not happening right now, like hypothetically. So that's the uh, so you so yeah, you're 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 you really hit it. You know, the the, the uh, nail on the head, right? Um, and they there is a there are is our, tension was already bad, trust is already low, uh, tension was high, trust was low, and this is all it's only lower because of this two whole two ball setup. Yeah. And the other thing that I was thinking as you were talking about the NBA is that I feel like, and this is an unfortunate like side effect of just like how baseball is culturally. I feel like individual players have so much less power to like shift public opinion because like someone like KD in basketball is like such a huge star. And like, he's, he's a way bigger star than like Mike Trout is. Mike Trout should be the biggest star in baseball and his name should be as well known as someone like KD, but it's just not. And so I wonder if like the way baseball just is culturally and that there's so like few transcendent superstars that are known like across the country and across the world, like if that has an impact on like, you know, how much they can like move the needle on things by speaking out. I mean, it's, I don't know. We just get Otani and Aaron judge and we're probably fine. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be nice. (laughs) Hey, anyone has a line. I'm good with that. Yeah. 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 I'd love to talk to Otani. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Shohei Otani. He's been on both sides of the ball. I was going to say, he more than anyone would like. Yeah. So he would definitely know. Get that. But also, I mean, it seems like, like, I mean, just kind of building on the trust thing, there's also an element of gaslighting about it. Mm. Of MLB like standing there and saying to these people who are like absolute, like the ultimate experts in what a baseball feels like and does and saying like, no, it's, no, it's totally normal. You don't know <laughs> what you're mind. talking about. But that's all they've ever. I mean, that, yeah, frankly, like, that's this is a baseball. What's and the, what's and the reasoning, Maggie, which was in in the uh, in the statement, was what are we talking about? We told you guys already. They they they, they we claimed yeah, that they I told mean, the, come the, on, really? the, the, the PA about this again. Maybe they have. Maybe got lost in Tony Clark's you know email or spam or whatever. But like. Um, I can't find a single single player who, you know, including very like labor and union involved folks who can recall this, they were, you know, um, and this is before MLB statement came out, you know, and you know, my polling of this, like, Hey, was your understanding one wall, two walls, you know? Same with front office workers. Yeah, you know, I was going to um, say, that the front offices like, like never had this corrected. And, and, and that's Ken actually, Rosenthal you know, literally published a leak of a memo that was sent to GMs and you'd think they would have at least corrected Ken Rosenthal report, right? Right, right mean, exactly. Every Ken headline Rosenthal. was new they dead let baseball, him put right? This out there. There was not like some new dead baseballs. None of that was never like the the, <laughs> the, the, the upshot yeah. of like the reporting back then, right? It was like new dead baseball. And so last six months, all of the like analysis and nerdy you know stuff and the commentary was on, you know, this new dead baseball is affecting everything, you know, or affecting this, affecting that, or not affecting this, or not affecting that. 
Um, but you know, but there was no sort of like, you know, uh, thought that there was two of them. And then, um, and then they, you know, Major League Baseball also claimed that their uh, scientific advisors were all, you know, were informed as well. But before Major League Baseball sent that statement to me, um, when I went when I went out for comment, I reached out to um, Alan Nathan, who is a esteemed physicist in his own, physicist in his own right, and um, and was the chair of Major League Baseball's home run committee to study the whole juice ball era that we're still in, frankly, um, to try and understand. Um, like, you know, why the ball was flying out of the park so much. And so, like, he's, like, the top dude of their, you know, team of, like, experts who are you know, helping them think about what to do with the baseball. And uh, when I asked him about this, and he's usually been also someone who's been out front with with the uh, the press in giving, you know, including as recently as February this year with the article that Stephanie Epstein wrote in Meredith Street. Yeah, he actually, he was you the know. one who provided the 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 level of detail about the tension and the winding and exactly how that was, you know, deadening the ball. And even, you know, actually, we even got graphs after the article came out that basically showed exactly like with numerical stuff, how the COR had been changed. So yeah, so, so, there was so, so, back, so, back, so back in February, like Alan was like, you know, was serving as a de facto spokesman for the league. Also, like what was happening with the baseball. When I reached out to him in November, before I, before I reached out to the league, just asking, hey, were you, you know, you familiar with total two ball thing? And he's like, I really, I'm going to leave any comment about the baseball to MLB or Rawlings. That's like almost verbatim what he said. So, um, you know, uh, that is quite a risk, quite a change in tune from February to now. Um, that doesn't sound like to me, I mean, clearly me wrong guys or Facebook, you know, listeners, um, that, uh, that doesn't sound like someone who is, uh, intimately aware <laughs> oh, the kept in the loop, shall <laughs> you know, we kept say? In loop, kept in the loop, you know, BCC'd <laughs> on everything, you know. Um, that sounds like someone, you know, who may be less informed, you know, may not have been especially informed to to me, in my opinion. Um, so uh yeah, I I, I think there's oh it's a long way of saying that there there are many more stories to write about this. Yeah, and I'm sure that we will have one or both of you back on the show at some point again to uh, discuss it when there is, because this is ongoing and it's a long winter of no baseball stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I will admit, um, actually, it's come up in a couple different places about people with like the the suspicious timing or something. It's like, well... Um, it's turned out to be good timing, but no, I, I promise it wasn't being dropped specifically because it was like going to be this bombshell. On the other hand, it's kind of interesting that there's not a ton else in baseball to talk about right now. And once the Hall of Fame votes go through and once we have a new manager for the Mets, I'm not really sure what's out there other than like, a lot of speculations about, okay, well, maybe such and such will get signed as a free agent somewhere, but it's like, well, how do you know? No one's allowed to do that yet. So I don't know. So hopefully we'll keep hearing more about it because there's nothing else to talk about. Makes the silence from non-independent outlets all the more deafening is what I'll say. <laughs> the more time that passes, the more deafening yeah. the well, silence is. I mean, you know, we can keep watching videos of, you know, like, 
World Series from the 80s or something. That's fine. That's the only thing we got to say. We can't do we can't do it on MLB.com because I think they took down all the videos. Well, are the videos down now too? I I, that's what I think I read. I thought it was was only highlights of current players. Was it okay? Well, well oh, I you know that use they, your, you can use I mean, your free time though. to send <laughs> Meredith all of your baseballs, and then she can do more research, and then I, we can, can get talk to the bottom of this research. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, I, I tell you seriously, postseason balls, postseason balls would be huge. Like in 2019, that was a very big deal, and it's not like I can go out and buy them. It's got to be something that showed up at the park. So, uh. Anybody, if you've got some, if you know somebody, uh, you know how to get in touch with these lovely hosts. And Bradford is also not a bad person. You know, I'm sure they can get you info. Uh, you know, we will find a way. I even have some, some, in fact, go back to the SI article. If you want to see the level that I have been known to go to to make sure that there are no problems with people getting me baseballs, there are ways, I promise. <laughs> Get your baseballs to Meredith. Do it uh, for science. For science. Yep. And um, we're bored. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I like to think that these 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 baseballs having lived, actually, this one's probably lived a very short life. But anyway, um, they, they are, are noble and brave and are willing to sacrifice their bodies to science <laughs> in order to further the cause. And, and I, I applaud every one of these baseballs that I am going to very slowly and take apart in ways that are probably excruciatingly painful for baseballs, but they never complain. So. <laughs> Toy Story's not real, right? <laughs> I feel so bad. No, actually, I don't. But anyway. Thank you. Hashtag thank you for your service. Something like that. <laughs> baseballs. Yeah, I, I, but. I, I, I'm going to, there's a joke that came to mind that's not going to be funny. So never mind. Anyway, <laughs> next topic. But, um, you know, I assure you all, by the way, Mets listeners, Mets fan listeners among us, I assure you all that we will talk about the managerial surge and all the free agents that the Mets have signed in apparently a Steve Cohen, Stephen Matz's uh, agent induced rage. Uh, we will cover all that next, <laughs> I next love time. That. Um, but in the meantime, we will end this show this week. Like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise Dr. Meredith Wills. What is your walk-off win? Okay, I am going to try a screen share here. Let me see if I can make it happen. You've disabled it. Never mind. Oh no! Um, I can fix try it. Not fix it. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. This, this is much more fun if we. If can, you go if to um. Oh wait a minute. Just this host has disabled it. Advanced sharing options. Uh, yes. All participants. Yes. Awesome. I okay, did let's it. Try that. Okay. Cool. This is my walk-off win, which we kind of discussed before. Can you guys see that? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, everybody probably saw this already, but um, yeah. So, so somebody got in touch with me on Sunday morning and said, um, yeah, so your picture was in the times, the times of London is basically this. Like, so the international press, not only. Well, I don't think it was the times of London. I think it was, a t- I think it was like the national, a national paper. No, it right? is. Like the a, point is it's, it used to yeah. be just the times of London, but oh, now it God, is, it's just that I'm just saying oh, that I'm using it. Okay, the, times I didn't know that. Okay. the times of London. I looked this up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So it's okay, the cool, same cool. paper. 
so yeah, so it's easier for it's easier for us Yanks to refer to it as the Times of London, because mm-hmm. otherwise we confuse it with the New York Times or the LA Times. I had someone actually say, "Oh yeah, cool, you were in the LA Times." I'm like, "We were when that wasn't the LA <laughs> Times." But um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, this was kind of a shock. But I, I I don't know if I've ever had my picture in the paper at all, let alone my picture in the paper across the pond, and uh, that picture is literally from a brewer's stitch and pitch on top of everything else and it was on the they chose that big picture. screen it's the perfect the picture you look so like skeptical and like i know you look like you're like giving what's rob what's manfred here? the stink eye yeah it's amazing it's, it's the photo. context is so totally like if it, in the full picture i've got like you know i'm holding knitting and you know it's my brother took the, like it never would have dawned on me but yeah it looks great i mean i'm so psyched I'm like if this is the image the world has to have of me it's awesome i love it so yeah it's pretty cool so yeah so so this is my walk-off win is that i'm apparently internationally famous now or something uh, amazing you go woman well, this is an international podcast we have. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if like somebody in so. this country did that too? Not yet. Eventually. We'll see. Maybe. I, I can give them a copy of the picture if they want it. Yeah. That's fine. Hit her up. Um, so Brad for William Davis, what is your walk-off win for this week? Yeah, um, I just got back from Universal Studios. So uh, I think that's actually like a, it. Like I had a very fun week because uh, I mean, it was unfortunate a little bit, honestly, because it's the time in the story. Um, I, uh, you know, did not want to be kind of working on this, you know, right before the, uh, the trip. And even though, again, I expected it to be a big story, I wasn't exactly sure of what the reception would be. I figured it'd be like, you know, like, like sizable, but not like this. I've done, this is my fifth, interview not 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 including my weekly baseball perspectives podcast that i've done about oh, this darn. since monday morning um and i did and i also did you know a couple of live hits i did uh, well not live but I, I was on cheddar news uh you know for my hotel in university studios <laughs> um and uh you know i did i did talk radio um like i'm just like you know doing just kind of all this air traffic control managing of like the story and everything um and just trying to you know generate as much interest as possible and and you know, say yes to as much as much as I can while also like, you know, I don't know, running in between the mummy and the, you know, uh, men in black rides. <laughs> like that was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was fun. Um, but you know, it was, it was disappointing, but, but, but the, but to bring back to the whole wind part, I mean, like it was a really, really fun blast of a trip. Like the rides are so dope, man. Uh, I, I strongly recommend going to Universal Studios Orlando um uh you know so long as you are able to travel and everything and you know and you know obviously please get back that window may have closed you did it right at the end i think right no well you know the funny thing is is that if um we had we planned it for august um but uh as fat joe once said during a versus the covid was in there in florida (laughs) so like we actually had to um scrap that i was like you know i'm not going to her I'm not, I'm not going to florida right now i don't think it's wise for anybody to be going to going to the uh essentially the eye of the storm at that point so we pushed it back to late november thinking oh it's probably nothing happening right you know um and you know what do i know that that the story would come out in late november you know um and so um 
because of that, like, you know, that it, it just, you know, it, it was what it was, but like, like it is what it is, but like, uh, yeah, we, we had a, you know, a blast. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a, a Simpsons themed part of Universal Studios and I love the Simpsons where like they have a, uh, replica, um, but also working Krusty Burger and Moe's Tavern. So like you can get your Krusty Burger, uh, you can, they have a, a Duff brew, like a special, you know, unique Duff brew, um, that they have on tap at the, uh, you know, um, at the bar. They have a replica phone, like the prank, the, the phone that Mo picks up that Bart Simpson prank, pranks him with. Is that, is that IP freely? You know, uh, I'm looking for IP freely. You know, like um, those great puns from that from that show. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a blast. Um, <laughs> um, I was gonna so make I, I feel- a joke that you had one uh, a butter beer in one hand and a podcast mic in the other, but maybe it's a duff brew in one hand and a butter beer in the other hand. And if you had a third hand, the podcast and mic on the table, yeah, no, yeah, I've, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I, I wasn't, yeah, definitely you know, hit up Harry, the Harry Potter worlds. There, there's two of them actually, two different Harry Potter areas. So if you like are a Harry Potter fan, you should absolutely go, like, um, because it's, it's, actually actually, I'm remarkable. afraid, seeing as I'm, I love I'm, the I'm books not, and hate the movies. I'm not. I'm not even a Harry Potter person at all. But like, it, it, it was phenomenal. Like they 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 recreated a uh, Diagon Alley, which I have. I don't really know what that means, but like, <laughs> but basically, like you know, on uh, the outside is something that looks like it's kind of like a couple of London townhouses. But you walk into this little corridor and you see this magical, mystical world. You know, um, of commerce. Got a Sam Brand. Is there a Hogwarts Express? You know, Yes. Um, there, there's a, yeah, there's actually a train okay, that takes you, you between yeah, like there, 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 there are like three Universal Studio parks, but there's like you know the, the the flagship one and then there's Islands of Adventure, which is more like roller coaster. Oh, it's the Hogwarts um, Express, the train between them. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's awesome. a train that yeah that you could take, you know, um, like actual transit, you know, that takes you between, between two parks. So long as you have you know working ticket for it, that takes you to the other Harry Potter area, which is uh, I think Hogsmeade. You know, yeah, Hogsmeade, and, uh, and it's yeah, immersive so, too. They like show you it. videos on the on the like the windows of the yes, train. Yes, it, 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 like, it, it, it looks and it's like, like oh, cool. Like like That's all awesome. Universal Studio stuff, it's very like virtual and interactive yeah, and, and stuff like that, and, and simulates the feeling of I like maybe you I know, can put up with it movement and drama and all that. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, um, just kind of recreating the the, the joy of, a, of like a move a blockbuster movie experience in your eyes. Should should we explain to him what Diagonally is derived from, or should we let him as a writer figure it out for himself? Hmm. Diagonal? I don't know. Thank you. Uh, Diagonally. Nocturnally is nocturnally. She does that all over the place. Yep. I always a listen to the audio books, but I never read it. It's more than what? it actually is. What? Okay, I, I've, I've drank more butterbeers than read Harry Potter books. So, <laughs> um, like, I'm like three to books one right better now. better than the movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I mean, I've, watched, I think... I've watched two movies. The first one and the say... last one. I was going to say, I think the first two movies stay pretty faithful to the books. That's my opinion. And then it goes downhill from there. Well, yeah. No, I like the third the one because it was the only the one shortest. that felt like its own yes. movie. Like it had like a style. The third Which, one. Yeah, see, I like the third one's my favorite book in the series. So and I just had I just had a vision of it and that going along with the first yeah. two movies. And it was completely different. And I just did not react well to it at all. I was just happy to have a vision uh, involved in the movie at all. Yeah, I I remember, uh, I I mean, I have seen them for Order of the Phoenix. uh, That's like by far the hardest read. It's also by far the longest book. Yes. And a friend I saw it referred like, to as 800 pages of Harry felt angry. Yes. yes. Basically, yes. that's a good way to think of it. Angst. Um, angst. But, yeah, it's totally angst. But the uh, so so friend of mine was like, yeah, how she liked that the best because they like 
you know, cut everything else out and just kept this. And that was how, why it was her favorite movie. I'm like, that's exactly why it was my least favorite. It's like, <laughs> everyone uh, because- has robust Harry Potter takes. I, I, I too yeah. have robust Harry Potter takes. Cause <laughs> I have a, for full disclosure, folks watching who don't know this about me, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Like that is how. <laughs> you, uh, uh, for, for books, I will happily go head to head to you on, well, on trivia, Allison. <laughs> oh, dead serious. Tune in next week. For- I'm dead serious. Yeah, tune in <laughs> next week. I, how, many, I how, a- many, how many staircases? Oh, how many staircases in Hogwarts? Oh, I don't yeah. remember. I'm not good. I'm not actually good at 122. I was going to say 200. I was going to say 242 because I remembered 42, but I couldn't remember how many hundred. But I'm actually not that good at Harry Potter trivia, even though I've read the books like a million times. It's just like, I don't know why my brain doesn't retain the facts. It just doesn't. Right. I mean, sometimes some facts I retain, but okay. no, I. I, uh, when I first went to Harry Potter world, Meredith, I mean, okay. I like the movies, full disclosure. I mean, I have my quibbles. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah. my quibbles, but well, my problem is I like the books enough where it's hard to watch the movies. I know it like, is hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, but I went, when I went to Harry Potter for, world for the first time, I cried. <laughs> like I was just so overwhelmed by it. I was like, cause it's just, like when you grow up with something the way that I did with Harry Potter and when it means that much to you and you just like see it come to life before your eyes. Sure. Like I, I bawled like a child. I was not expecting it. Like I walked into oh. Diagon Alley and I was just like, this is just like how it is. <laughs> I feel like a wizard. <laughs> yeah, see, like, I, I was, I was, uh, I'm, I'm actually in real life. I like, if you actually think of the books, I'm actually a few years older than Harry Potter in real life. So I only read them uh, like I was already grown up when they came out, right? So my perspective was very different. I was but... the same age Harry was, like basically. Oh, there we go. That's got to be even more meaningful. Is your birthday? Uh, is your birthday July thirty first? No, it's not. It's it's October 29th. But like, so basically, it's like a couple months. No, there's younger. definitely like a real like millennial connection to Harry Potter. No, no, no question. Just, that just kind of like went over me, but like you know, but respect to everyone. I, 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 <laughs> uh, I don't think I've read a word in their lives except those books. And they've read oh, all yeah, for sure. I missed a lot of the hype. I was just sort of like in my own little world at the time. And I, I, I'm like the only one in the world who is very tepid. I'm like, they're fine. The movies are mostly fine. Mm-hmm. It's hey, good. You know, <laughs> and like, and nobody knows what to do with that. Everyone's like, oh, I hate Harry Potter. Like <laughs> my whole life. And I'm like, people have very visceral love. It's, it's very polarizing. And we won't, we won't talk about, we're not getting into JK Rowling on this podcast. No. Which We're is, not going to talk about that. I was going to say, no, this is the walk-off wins. This is walk-off yeah. wins. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. 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 So, walk-off we'll, wins. We'll take the host. Cleanse it. All right. Maggie, what is your walk-off win? <laughs> okay, my walk-off win. Um, <laughs> guys, I'm so I, excited. I, I dropped Kelly and Kelly. Um, so I, we did something on Sunday that I've wanted to pull off for a couple of years and just for various reasons couldn't. Um, and that is, I have my own little visual um, I took the kids <gasps> on the Polar Express. Oh, very cool. We drove all the way over to the ass end of New Jersey. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were here? We weren't there. We went. Um, we didn't go to the one near you. We were pump, in Phillipsburg, no right near the Delaware River. Oh. Um, and, it was, and it was lovely. And it's a, that's another thing that I'm actually kind of tepid on, is I sort of feel like the book is kind of eh, and I sort of feel like the movie is kind of eh, and nobody knows if you that but the, I, I haven't the been able little, to watch the movie, actually. But the, the animation style, it, I can't get past it. It's, it's like very, it's also very like, It's a very different vibe from the book, which is all like... Which part of the reason I 
Yeah. It's almost like I chose not to really watch the movie because yeah. the book is his own thing. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't feel like, but, but the, you know, the, the, the feeling of being there and like, yes. you know, we went, we went at night. I was like, low in bedtime out the window, <laughs> like, forget it. You know, we got to have that Christmas magic. The kids wore their PJs and they got onto the, the train car and like, you know, they, they bring around the hot chocolate. Okay. I was going to say they have to three. do the hot chocolate. Um, and I spent way too much money at the gift shop. Um, and then Santa comes around and he gets everybody's, um, gets, you know, all their Christmas wishes. And like, this is where I won't go too much into it because it is walk off wins. But Eleanor dropped on me a, a Santa like bomb request that I did not see coming. And it's probably the last year she's going to believe in Santa. So, oh, but it's fine. It's fine. I'll get her a castle. It's fine. I mean, Santa <laughs> will get her a castle. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just great. You know, they played some music and, um, and it was, it was just a lovely, lovely day and, or evening and everything. Yeah, it was a really good, um, it was a really good trip. So Delaware River Railroad is, um, is the company that does it. We, a few years ago, we also rode, they do like a Thomas train over usually during the summer. And that's really awesome. Um, they have like a dinosaur train, which I've never ridden before, but sounds boss. So um, but yeah, it was, it was great. So yeah, Polar Express. Polar I thought Express. you would come, if, like, I, I shouted at Maggie, like, she came to the one by me, because I have a pole, I have a railway museum yeah. very close to my house, so, like, in walking I'm on their mailing list, so I do know that they do one, too. Oh, man. Uh, so I was like, no, you, you came all the way here and didn't we tell never, me? We would oh. never, we would never have done that. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Kellyanne. So that was, that's why like, Kellyanne also likes trains and also loves books and is a children's yes. librarian. So yes. that's why I was like, Kellyanne's going to love her walk off win. Uh, I, I, yeah. Okay. So I have a really kind of simple walk off win. I'm in graduate school right now for library science to become a full time children's librarian. Although, yeah, no, I'll save that one for off, off podcast. Um, so I have 12 days left. I sur I'm surviving my first semester. It's almost over. And I won't lie, I'm like grad school burned out right now, but I'm like so close to done. I can taste it and I'm so excited. Yay. Congratulations on completing your first semester. That's big, honestly. Yes. Like Wonderful. just getting through the first semester is is huge. Trust me. And I, actually, I, and I met, so to speak, one of my on Zoom, one of my professors for the first time today, and she is just an angel from heaven. I love her so much. And she's running for president of the American Library Association. So if any of our watchers are ALA members, vote for Emily when the time comes. I know we have at least one. Nice. Campaign <laughs> podcast. We yes, campaign podcast for um, ALA president. For yeah. ALA president. Um, so my walk-off win is also pretty simple this week. It's like, it's kind of the story of like making like a bad situation into a good one because our planned, mine and Michael's planned Thanksgiving went out the window due to a COVID exposure, which is just like, that really sucked. And it's like, this is what the world is now. And it was really crappy and made me feel bad because it was like me who was exposed and I was like I ruined Thanksgiving but we ended up like doing like he he stayed here and uh because his family's Thanksgiving was nearby because he has relatives in northern Virginia we're in DC um and so his mom and his sister and brother-in-law came and brought him the like leftover food from the big gathering and they like hung out and had pie together and spent the weekend and I ended up going to New Jersey to hang out with my family instead, um, just as a smaller group. 
And we were sitting at the Thanksgiving table and my mom turned to me and she said, this is the first time we've had Thanksgiving, just the four of us, like my brother, me and my parents. Um, She was like, we've always had more people or fewer people, but we've never just had us. And I was like, yeah, it's really nice. (laughs) And it was just nice. And like, you know, if it was, it was crappy at first, because I felt really bad about like ruining our Thanksgiving plans, because I unknowingly got exposed to COVID someone I knew I was hanging out with just like tested positive. And like, I got an email like, hey, may want to get a test. And I was like, Oh, no. Um, But it ended up working out in the end. And I got to spend time with my family that I did not expect to. Um, so that was really nice. Um, and I just had an enjoyable Thanksgiving. So that's my walk-off win. Um, and I hope, I hope all of our listeners, um, had an enjoyable Thanksgiving as well. I know that this is, can be a holidays can be a really tough time for people. So just know that, you know, you have, you have online family in us and we are here. And if you need anything, bring you cheer, just, just hit, just hit us up. Honestly, if you just want to chat about baseball and distract yourself from this time of year. Cause it can suck. Just DM We're me here. DMs are, are open. Apato DMs are open. My personal DMs are not, but Apato <laughs> DMs are. <laughs> Mine are for the moment, or just come visit me on the amazing Avenue comments too. Yep. I hang out there. And you can, uh, even though there's a lockout, you can still read AmazingAvenue.com. It's not MLB.com. We are not affiliated media. So you can read all of our articles on AmazingAvenue.com. Do you have pictures of players and everything? Oh, yeah. We've got pictures oh, yes. of awesome. players. It's not, it's not just the silhouettes. Shucks. <gasps> no, no, wow. like, no, like uh, anonymous uh, guy with hat. <laughs> Actually, that's not even on their app anymore. I mean, that's what blew my mind. It's like, okay, great. You just pulled everything because people were making fun of you. Really? Yep. So you can find oh God, uh, us at AmazingAvenue.com and you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Bradford, where can people find you on the internet and find your work? Yeah, um, I, um, you know, like I said, my, my main writing gig is at Insider. That's my, you know, that's uh, pay the bills and pay rent and stuff. Um, so um, I, you know, you'll find my pieces um, at, uh, at Insider.com. Uh, you'll research my name, Bradford William Davis, my byline. Um, I've done other baseball things there too. Um, they've been, again, I've been fortunate they allowed me to pursue sports stories so far. And so like the last one was, uh, you know, actually about, uh, Devin Williams, the last year's rookie of the year, 2020 rookie of the year. And, uh, a, you know, a really, uh, wonderful and courageous moment that, uh, a almost met likely ruined by, uh, or nearly ruined, but attempted to ruin by defacing, um, his, uh, a BLM instruction inscription he wrote in the mountain. Uh, uh, shortly after Jacob Blake was nearly killed by uh, Kenosha police. So, um, you know, so, so like, you know, they let me do deep dives like that, you know, but, uh, but, you know, but I, I expect to, to be writing about things that are actually uh, not expect. I will be writing, you know, you know, writing about things that, that are have nothing to do with sports as well, but, uh, but I hope to always be able to, you know, keep at least one foot in this world. I'm also on uh, a podcast weekly on baseball prospectus. Uh, so you can find me in the five and I podcast with Craig Goldstein there um and uh i post i post a lot i post too much um twitter.com forward slash bwd 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 because that's my initials and i couldn't get i i wanted to get like the aoc like one you know just three letters thing but like apparently it's a four character minimal think so uh so yeah so that's why i did and you didn't want to be bwd bunch of numbers because lord knows (laughs) then then your opinions would suddenly go south all your takes would suddenly become bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i'd have i'd have to get the oakley's and a picture and a picture of a dog 
a golden retriever, in, you know, and, and, you know, while driving a car, like I just yeah. have to do that <laughs> in order to be on brand. So, um, so anyway, that's me. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's, that's where you'd find me. I'm also, I'm on IG, I have a most much of there, but like, you know, um, you know, that's, uh, that's me. Meredith, where can people find your work and you on the internet? Wow. Well, uh, I was going to say probably just keep up with me on Twitter right now because it's not so much me writing stuff as people like Bradford writing about my stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, it's most, I mean, I've got accounts everywhere or not everywhere, but other places, but I'm basically just on Twitter and that's uh, baseball astrophysics, which is uh, BBL underscore and then astrophysics without the I. Uh, because Bradford was talking about minimum number of characters. Back when I did that handle, that was a maximum number of characters, hence missing <laughs> a letter. But it also makes it distinct. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And we will link to it. Yes, yes. That's actually what I usually suggest. Just, like, find <laughs> me. We will be yeah. linking uh, the insider piece that we spent basically this whole show discussing, as well as Bradford and Meredith's social handles, so you guys can check them out. Um, we are on uh, Twitter. Baseballs. At Send baseballs. Send baseballs to Meredith. Send baseballs to Meredith. Um, I don't and, even and know. Send scoops if- to me. And send yeah. scoops to Bradford. I'm pointing yeah. at their squares yeah. on my Zoom, but I don't know if that's yeah. their squares on Facebook. <laughs> or, or Sorry, you can, if you try to send scoops to me, I will direct you to Bradford. If you try to send Brad for baseballs, so he'll send them to me. Yeah. So if you mix it up, it, it's okay. It's all good. We'll get it we'll to the right it place. It's okay. Um, you can follow us um, uh, at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Maggie? At Maggie162. And you, Kellyanne? At L R B E L L A R E B E E. Thanks to all of you that joined us on Facebook Live. Thank you, Bradford and Meredith, for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Um, the original intro and outro music to the podcast, if you're listening to this on audio the next day, is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. We will discuss the Mets next week or two weeks from now. Uh, and don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Thank you all for joining us.